You are listening to New England Dirt on Mountain Bike Radio. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us for Episode 2 of New England Dirt, the show that takes an in-depth look at all things riding bicycles on dirt in New England. I'm your host, Mountain Bike Ben. And today joining me is a good friend and uh, fellow rider, Matt Karen. Matt is the vice president of the New England Mountain Bike Association here in New Hampshire and also president of the Southern New Hampshire NIMBA chapter. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, how are you? Oh, fantastic. Uh, so we actually just got off the trail, uh, not riding today. We were working on trail today. Uh, right behind my house is a little spot that is a NIMBA trail system called Elmbrook, and uh if you listen to the last podcast, Ben and I chatted a little bit about it. Uh, we've got uh, about eight and a half miles of single track behind my house. It is called Elmbrook Park. And we did a trail work today, fixing a couple bridges and a little bit of uh, filling in some gravel on, on a trail that rides along the dike for a period of time, all in preparation for an event that we host back there called Pedaling for Payson. And Nimba and Matt and his crew uh, came out, helped us with uh, the trail work uh, to get ready for this big, big event in a couple of weeks. So figured it was uh, appropriate to welcome him into New England Dirt and talk a little bit about New England Mountain Bike Association and what you guys got going on. So I'm glad that you joined me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So Matt, um, tell us a little bit about Nimba. Uh, I don't know if all the listeners, I mean, hopefully they're, they're, they're aware of what Nimba does, but tell us what Nimba is. Yeah, so uh, the mission statement, and I won't go into what the mission statement is, but uh, it, it is really to help advocate for the sport of mountain biking. So we're the voice of mountain bikers with land managers, and uh, we are the voice of mountain bikers for, you know, for the, for the sport in New Hampshire and, uh, you know, Massachusetts, Connecticut, you know, all, all the New England states uh outside of vermont and uh we we really advocate for everything to do with mountain biking and we bring new members into the sport um you know some people that uh want to try mountain biking start with figuring out who does mountain biking near them and uh they'll do some research figure out that it's nemba and uh they'll They'll come to us first before they even buy a bike to figure out what to do, where to go, anything so you, so mountain bike. So you're a gateway. Yeah, yeah, that that really is what New England Mountain Bike Association is. So we should also, so Matt and I first met back in 2009 when I moved back to New England after a five-year hiatus, and uh, we started running a beginner group ride together. That's kind of how you and I first met was our beginner group ride. I worked for a local shop. Nimba was the the club to get affiliated with and get organized with and 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 do regular group rides and that's how we first met. I mean that was that was feels like eons ago now. It wasn't, but it feels like that. Hmm. Those were good times, man. Those were good rides. They were, yeah. And and you know, I, I was new to Nimba at that point in time, but was was kind of looking for my role in Nimba. And uh, the beginner ride avenue is is sort of where I fit in for Nemba, you know, bringing people in. It was the gateway. It was the gateway for new folks to get into mountain biking. And uh, that's cool. I think it's really important to think about that because not only are anybody who's new to the sport, and of course we were all newbies at some point. We all started somewhere. If you can start with a group, if you can start with a group of riders that are at your same level within an organization that can take you even further and help you progress. You've got not only like a sport for life, but a group of friends for life now too, that you're able to go out and enjoy what we've been enjoying for years. And it's like, you know, we were, I almost felt like sometimes the welcoming committee, we've got a mutual friend that now curses us for introducing him to a sport that he spends way too much money on every single year now. (laughs) So (laughs) I guess we're the bad friends and good friends all at the same time. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I think the good outweighs the bad. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There are worse things to get addicted to. (laughs) Um, so, uh, so New England Mountain Bike Association, you guys have chapters in every single state minus Vermont because it's part of the Vermont Mountain Bike Association. And Ben and I did chat about that in our first episode. So, so listeners, if you didn't catch that one, we did chat a little bit about that. So, 
New England Mountain Bike Association has chapters in Connecticut, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, and Maine. How many chapters are there? Uh, currently 27 chapters, but, uh, you know, fast approaching 30. And, uh, you know, ch- chapters come on for various reasons. But, uh, you know, like, for example, Maine has just been, you know, they've been blowing up. And chapters have been coming on board, you know, almost annually. Hmm. Uh, a new main chapter will pop up. And on average, how big are one of these chapters? On average. So that that's... A is, really, is there an average? Um, there is an average, but I, I would say like the, our biggest chapter is over 500 people. Oh, wow. And, uh, and, Holy that's cow. The, and that's the greater Boston chapter. Which makes sense. Okay. Huge yeah. population spot. Huge population. Right. Yeah. Um, in fact, my chapter, the Southern New Hampshire chapter, just passed... Um, a few other chapters to get to the second largest chapter. Nice. And, uh, you know, like, you know, where Ben and I got our start is, is hosting the beginner ride. Our chapter has grown so large because our beginner ride has grown so large. Yeah, sure. And uh, we are, we are such a gateway in Southern New Hampshire for mountain bikers that, uh, you know, that that's what made our chapter just, just boom. Well, and so, the retention rate then is obviously very high as well. I mean, how many how many members are second, third, fourth year members every time that you because you don't grow by just having a boatload of beginners start every single year, right? That you retain them. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So um, you know, in, in our chapter is unique where we have a lot of people doing the beginner ride and then becoming members. And like Ben said, you know. You don't just meet somebody that you ride with once a week. You meet somebody that you ride with once a week, and then you, you know, have a text list, and you ride with them three times a week right. because you met them at this beginner ride, and they become a friend of for life. And then Nemba becomes something that you just annually, you know, pay your dues and and you know you keep your membership going. And we we just see so many repeat uh, members. Yeah. Now there's, there's not that one and done member anymore. They're all sort of sticking around. Well, and I think again, a a testament to to Nimba and a lot of the work, Matt, that you've done is that you don't just dip your toe into mountain biking. I mean, there are a lot of people who buy that bike and it becomes a clothes rack somewhere in their house. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you get affiliated with an organization like Nimba, where you've got organized rides on a regular basis and you've got socials. I know that the central New Hampshire NIMBA chapter does socials. So they'll do a social ride once a month where it's not just a group ride, but then it's also a barbecue and beers and hanging out in the parking lot afterwards. So it's actually a, a, a social event. People get to know one another. And I think that that's one of the things that keep people coming back over time, right? I mean, that's, it's not just dip your toe and see if this is the sport for you. It's more of the oh, yeah, there's like a whole fun group of people now that I can hang out with and kind of forget about my 9 to 5. Yeah, for, for sure. There, there's, you know, there's the group ride that you do every week, but then there's the, you know, the Saturday ride that you do with some of those same people and you hang out and it's a, you know, it's a, it's a half a day event. Right. Uh, yeah, you, you get that a lot. And, you know, I, I've come up to the sun, central New Hampshire social ride just because it's a blast. Right, right. Well, and we're all in it together, right? We're all in it for the same reasons. Um, so, okay, 27 chapters, growing quickly to 30. So any given chapter, I mean, what what is the – what exactly is the, the – I know the focus is obviously to, to advocate for and to build mountain biking, right, and to, to grow the sport. But what are you doing in the Southern New Hampshire chapter on a regular basis? You know, give me – not only just from – week to week, but over the course of a year, you guys like have goals that you're trying to achieve by the end of a certain, you know, a certain point of time. How does that all work? Yeah. So I, I, I think it's, it's different for every chapter and it's, it's probably different every year for, for my chapter. Um, you know, it's, for example, like a couple of years ago, we bought one of those snow dog, the trail groomers. Oh yeah. And, cool. And that was, a, it was a huge focus because fat biking became a thing. Right. And it was like, we got to get these trails groomed. And, you know, a great groomed trail brings brings a huge ride to, you know, to a, a snowy, you know, trail system. But you got to pick the right trail system and things like that. So we, we bought one of these groomers figuring it was going to help us out. And it really did. Like, you know, it was so easy to groom so many miles. 
because of uh, because of the trail dog. We could just bang out the miles where we used to have the snowshoe pack. Right. So you know, for for a while, that became a focus, a huge focus for us was getting the snow dog, figuring out who's going to groom when and things like that. But I would say our goals, our chapter goals, are really to to grow and to keep you know to keep people on bikes all year round now that it's a you know a year-round sport and bring the new people into the sport the people that have questions about where do i bike how do i get my kids into biking how do i you know help with the trail builds that is what nemba does it yeah, gives cool. you a, a an avenue of where to find that information and so i think it's it's cool. We were talking before. Yeah, listeners, we actually talk a lot before we just start pressing the record button and talking here. So Matt and I have been sitting for almost an hour already <laughs> chatting here. And of course, we're friends, so we uh, we got a lot to catch up on anyway. We haven't seen each other for a bit. But one of the things that you were telling me, Matt, and I think this helps sort of understand NIMBA at a, at a, at a bigger level because in 27 chapters, that's a lot. Five states, that's a lot, right? But do you know how many members you have off the top of your head? Yeah, I, I think we just passed 7,000. 7,000 members. 7,000 members, yeah. Do, do you know off the top of your head how many volunteer hours you guys do a year? I, I don't know, um, but... It, it's got to be in the millions, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's a huge number. Um, you know, because, you know, you, you, asked, you asked a great question about how, you know, how chapters and why so many chapters... But uh, really, the the goal of having so many chapters to be part of Mother Nemba is... The mothership? The mothership, right. Everybody wants trails in their backyard. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have it. I'm lucky. I'm super lucky in that case. Totally. You live that dream. Yep. So many people want that. And there are so many people that have lands that would support trails in their backyard, but they just have never found the avenue of, of how to get there. How to gotcha. ask that landowner? Yep. How to, you know, if you will, grease those skids to get to? Can I put trails on your property, sir? You know, right? And right, we've done that so many times, yeah, uh, for so many people, and a lot of times that's where chapters start. It's somebody says, "I want trails on this property," and. And that'll be the that'll be the genesis of a new chapter starting. Exactly. Yeah, oh, cool. totally, totally. So, like you know that, and that's what happened in Maine recently. So there are some states that are better for having trails built, um, landowner liability wise, and okay. things like that. And New Hampshire just became one of those um, states. So our landowner liability now um, the. The waiver on landowners, right, right. Explain that a little bit because that might be a little uh, a little new for some listeners here. Yeah. So, um, legislation passed allowing a landowner to not post their property, just open their property open to it the up public. For use. Yep. Right. Which you know, unless it's posted, it's open to the public in New Hampshire. Correct. Um, and, and posted meaning that you have one of those private property signs no trespassing, yeah. every so hundred yards exactly. on your property. Exactly. I think it's like 30 yards you have to have one posted, right? It's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But so, so if you don't and you allow people on your property and you, you know, handshake with the Nemba guy and allow him to build some trails on your property, your liability if somebody gets hurt on your property is, is, is almost nothing at this right. point because, right. uh, you know, the state has sort of a lot uh, an insurance waiver for private landowners so that there's not that burden. So the burden on the landowner is now removed because the state has stepped in and said, well, you're opening up for somebody to be a Yahoo on their own accord. And if they're going to go full Yahoo and hurt themselves, they can assume the full Yahoo tax on their own. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not on the landowner anymore where, you know, many States it, it has been for many years. Right. But, it's relaxed and a lot of states are, you know, seeing a, a boom and, you know, the Vermont is a great example. L- look at the landowners in Vermont that have opened up their lands for years right, because absolutely. of that yep. liability yep. waiver. And, uh, it, it's just great to see that New Hampshire is kind of following suit finally. And, uh, that has opened up more chapters in New Hampshire. We have PEMI now 
Franconia. Right. We have a right. lot of new chapters just in New Hampshire alone because landowners have said, yeah, okay, now there's no downside. Right. I wasn't using that property anyway. Go ahead. And I, I think that's cool because there is, well, and there potentially a double-edged sword there, and I don't want to get too far into this, but if you think about it from a, a landowner's standpoint, if you are able to say, yes, you can come on my property and you can ride trails that are on my property, you still need to have those trails actually built by somebody who knows what they're doing with a little bit of a idea of building sustainable trails and trails that take into consideration all of the various levels of of knowledge and skill that it takes to ride a bike. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that if if you are a landowner and you're and you're thinking about this, I mean the re, the reality is reach out to a local Nimit chapter. And if mm. there isn't one, still reach out to the closest one because there could be a new one in your backyard and your dream of owning trails in your backyard might become that much closer to uh, to becoming a reality. But and it kind of touches on something that I wanted to get into a little bit with you, which is sort of rogue trail building and how that impacts the the sort of greater community of mountain biking um, from a negative standpoint. Um, and it's been an issue in a few parts of our state uh, where we have, you know, a, a great piece of land that has been open to mountain bikers and has an active NIMBA chapter working on trails. And then all of a sudden a new trail pops up that nobody had any, any influence on or any work from a NIMBA standpoint, stand, you know, working on that trail. And, and then what happens? Like all of a sudden that's now a, a black eye on the group because that trail wasn't approved by the landowner, whoever that landowner happens to be private municipal, you know, any state level, whatever it happens to be. So, you know, it, it comes with a a slight price tag associated with this of making sure that you're doing things the right way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've seen it in, in, in our chapter where, you know, we've, we've gone through approval processes and, uh, got trails approved built a trail and then you know the approval process kind of slows down so we don't have a trail the next year the next you know month whatever it may be and somebody takes upon themselves to build something and it might be in a great place that we're trying to get approval on but we just didn't yet reach that point and then a trail pops up that's definitely a black eye it gives the landowner the feeling that they're not working fast enough for us and that may oh wow yeah okay i get that that may be a uh you know okay we're done working with this group because we see that they're they're gonna cut corners exactly yeah they're not gonna work through the approval process and especially like you know the town or the state level um they really you know they there's an approval process that's sure. there yeah and as long as you follow it you're fine yep but if you cut corners and try to go too fast it's it is it's a black eye for the entire sport not just not just nemba yeah for not, any of us for 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 anybody yeah yeah because i mean there's there's stuff that's going on that's not done by nemba it's it's you know uh, a guy building a trail on his neighbor's property mm-hmm. and he has he has no affiliation and no like you know formal and those guys might have a handshake deal going on somewhere right but Ex- exactly that can get screwed up too when you do a rogue trail right, right. you know so like ro- rogue trail hurts more than just uh you know nemba builds mm-hmm. it hurts the entire mountain bike community because it's just putting the cart before the horse like right. you, you're gonna get there just relax just right. take your time wait till everything gets you know the the eyes are dotted the t's are crossed and then we build well and, and i mean i think it's kind of rather suiting that we just got off of a trail day here and and we're sitting in my garage right now you know drinking a couple of beers after you know slinging some dirt around you can get out there and build trails Oh, totally. If you if you have the passion and the ambition to go out there to build a trail that is not sanctioned, take one extra step. Partner with your local chapter of NIMBA or whoever it happens to be, the landowner. You know, maybe you need to start up your own thing and, and just take that one extra step. Because now all of a sudden you're not going to screw it up for anybody, but you're going to have a legitimate trail system. And I tell you what, a legitimate trail system feels a hell of a lot cooler to ride 
Then being like, oh, am I going to get busted for riding this trail right now? I mean, look, or get at, this place possibly shut down? Yeah, to, but look at look at today, right? So, so we went out and did some work, but also the state came out and mowed some of the trails that that we're going to ride. You know, right. it, for the for the rest of the season, and and they dumped some gravel for us, right? Like they 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 ponied up as well. It it isn't just like. They approve, and you and you go out and build, and, and you're funding the whole thing and bankering the whole thing. They want you there at some point. They, right. they realize these people are our allies. They're going to bring more people into the park, so we're going to pony up too. I mean, the the, the gravel that we used, yeah. fantastic. Yep, the absolutely. mowing, fantastic. That would have been volunteer hours, us out there mowing, but they did. They had state employees doing that. Well, and I and you know I've lived in a few different states and been involved in mountain biking in a few different states now from a both from just a recreational standpoint but also from a trail st- steward and, and building standpoint and the one thing I realized a long time ago was that it is their job any state run park it is their job to increase recreation numbers they are they are not weighed heavily on it but it is a factor of their job performance is to make sure that users are active in their in their land. So the more that you can partner with them to say, we'll help you. We'll get more users into your land. I always forced a group ride when I lived down in Delaware to start at a state park and force everybody to pay the state park fee. Why? Because it showed them and it counted numbers of mountain bikers using their park so that we had a larger voice when we came to the table and said, hey, look, we need to, we need to reroute this section of trail. Well, why? Well, because we've got X number of hundred of people riding it every single year and it's starting to erode at this point and they can go back to their records and say, oh yeah, we've had a ton of mountain bikers parking at this one particular lot because the data shows that, right? So it's important to figure out how you can partner with your state um, or town municipal landowner, park owner, because it's part of their job and they want to see people use their property. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and the taxpayers get their money's worth, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, in my, you know, in the, in the town that I live in, um, they just built a giant parking lot because the the little parking lot that was on the side of the road for years was just full every day. For, Is this Horse Hill? Yeah. Yeah. It it was full every day. There were people overflowing the parking lot, yeah, parking along the road. It was it was becoming a it was becoming a traffic and, problem. And God forbid you throw a demo in there, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was down there. I don't know. There was a pivot demo. I think last year at one point, it was it was unbearable how many cars were in that lot. There's a Santa Cruz demo there today. Oh, jeez! In the only wait a minute, we're doing trail. <laughs> wait, what priorities? <laughs> the only text I got was, "Yeah, we're on the road." <laughs> <laughs> All right, so okay, let's let's. Let's get back into some of the fun things. Let's talk about the trails, Matt, that you've had a, a an influence on here. Because I will say that there is a little bit of a... You show up to a, a new trailhead, and one of the very first things that somebody will say to you is like, oh, yeah, that's a Matty Karen trail. And it's 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 everybody knows what that means now in southern New Hampshire. And it means that there is a really well built, well designed trail that is not just your work. I totally understand that you've got a whole crew of people that are helping you. But you've built some really fun places to ride in southern New Hampshire, and I, I'm sure that listeners want to hear about this, and they want to know what are what are the spots to go, where are the good spots right now to hit in southern New Hampshire. Yeah, it's, it's and and again, it, like you said, it's it's not me. It's um, you know, it's it's a whole group of people that are building in southern New Hampshire, and there are so many new places popping up because the towns are. I mean, I have more people asking me to build trail in their town then i have time to build to trail. build yeah sure you, you know because it's a good problem to have oh totally yeah. it's it's at this point there's there's too much land not enough people to help me build sure um but you know in my town alone there's over 80 miles of single track now that's that's awesome when how many different places is that so how many different trail official trail areas are we talking about here it's not all just one trail system right no it's it's five five trail yeah, systems five right, trail cool. systems in the in the town that i live in and because this is an important piece because in, in sorry to interrupt you here but 
this is kind of where Ben and I, in, a, in the very first podcast here of New England Dirt, we're talking about the fact that in New England, we have a unique situation here where I've got 15 trailheads within a 30-mile radius, or excuse me, a 30-mile drive, 30-minute drive of my, my house, one right behind my house, but I can get to 15 different spots and have 15 different mountain bike experiences, and that's really important because we don't have the huge epic trail systems here. We've got eight miles in this one spot and 10 miles in this other spot. And sometimes you can connect those two, but it's not always that way. So uh, go ahead and and finish what your story is. But I I, I just want to kind of reiterate that that's what kind of makes our, our spot in the world special. Yeah, I, I I agree. It it is special. And the one thing that I did do with the single track mileage that I, that I have in my town is I did connect them. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so rewind just a few minutes ago. <laughs> That's what happens when you're the president of your own NIMBA chapter. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, there may be a little power line here, a little, you know, quarter-mile road pedal here. but Right, so it's not all single track, but you've connected it some way, somehow pavement i mean are you talking you got to pedal a little bit of road between the places a, a little bit um maybe through a golf course maybe oh yeah you okay. know yeah, this yeah. or that yeah. to get to connect Four. here and there yeah right <laughs> <laughs> so you know the, the and every year we do this thing called the we started it called the merrimack 50 because it was 50 miles pedaling oh cool and then we did it merrimack 50 which was 50 miles of single track because there was 50 miles single track, and we were excited about that and now it's like the Merrimack 80. I was going to say, yeah. And, you know, because you're pedaling for 80 miles and, you know, it's it's the single track, some road in between, yep. you know, through a little this, little that, little power lines, pedal. And, and it, you know, it's amazing. You, you almost, you know, it's almost too much for a day. And now we're we're pushing over into the town next door. Oh, very cool. And we're getting some direct connections, so there's, like, no road crossings. Nice. And we're getting under some main highways with tunnels and things. So we're doing, you know, we're doing some really incredible things to have that epic ride. Yeah, okay. And it's not, you know, you're not on the road, and you're not, it's You're not going from one parking lot to the next parking lot, kind of reloading your bikes up. Exactly. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's water stashes out there because you know you need to yeah for sure you need to fill up here and there and you know we're now able to do these epic rides from town to town and what's really funny and and what you know what i i actually love this story is the town next door to me amherst new hampshire um for a long time had an ordinance where if you were pedaling a mountain bike through one of their lands they were able to find you. Police were able to find you a thousand dollars. Wait, what? Yeah. And wow. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a that's an injury level mountain bike. <laughs> <laughs> Just to ride your mountain bike. <laughs> so so that was like you know that was this there was this obstacle and it was literally like you pedaled down the hill from the stuff that I was building in Merrimack. You pedaled down the hill, and if you went into this property, like you were, they were able to find you. Now, you know, I've never heard of anything like that before. That is, that is, yeah, it, it was severe. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Now fast forward probably five years. Okay. Right. All right. That conservation commission in that town is now, I think there's three mountain bikers on the conservation commission. Yeah. Awesome. The ordinance is gone. Yep. And now there they have an epicenter building and there's at least 25 miles of mountain bike trails fully approved fully you know signed and beautifully done and built by people that know how to build trail yeah right now in a town that five years ago if you pedaled there thousand dollars yeah you were getting they were able to find you price to ride yeah so it just just like with with a couple people putting a little bit of effort in a huge change and was that was that did nimba have any influence on that change like were you a part of 
ushering in some of those because we were talking earlier and and you know one of the big things that nimba works on and philip who's the president of nimba works on is kind of building uh inroads with the municipalities building you know beyond just the handshake really a a partnership and a, a certain level of trust between nimba the mountain bikers that nimba represents and the towns that i mean where does a thousand dollar fine come from it comes from not knowing not fully understanding that it's beyond just the the crazy stuff that you see on on youtube with guys hucking themselves off of cliffs and that mountain biking is an active sport that people who care about the 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 land just as much as hikers or equestrians or anybody else does and sometimes in, in certain areas even more than those user groups you know Creating those inroads is a huge piece of what you guys do on a day-to-day basis, right? Yeah, th- totally. And, and, you know, as far as Amherst goes, I I remember looking at how many members we had, our chapter, Southern New Hampshire chapter, had in Amherst, and it was really low. There were there were very few people. Yeah, because they had to be $1,000 to ride their bike. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, then we started you know started looking at you know well who rides bikes and lives in this town and there was just there was one guy that said hey i just moved to amherst and i can't believe there's a fine here i want to get involved so that's awesome that's what it takes it was one guy it was one guy that's amazing and you know and he kind of spearheaded this effort to get other mountain bikers and lo and behold now our membership in that town has grown is ridiculous sure and you know there are people that are living in that town now that are mountain bike influencers ken avery oh yeah victoria tires tires yeah lives in that town yeah you know that there are there are influencers in the sport of mountain biking that that live in that town right and, you know, it, Ken's come out to a ton of trail days. I'm sure he has, yeah. Um, Wes, who who's the guy that sort of spearheaded it, he's sort of created this now community. We have, we have a Thursday night ride in Amherst every week. And there's a new barbecue place right on 101. <laughs> and the barbecue guy is like... We love you mountain bikers. Yeah, Thursday's his best night now, right? Exactly. <laughs> He's like, oh, I sold out a pulled chicken. <laughs> <laughs> he, he relies on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Yeah. And it turns out these mountain biker guys, they drink beer too. And he has a pretty good beer selection. Lo so. and behold. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> so in the in the 20 mile, like the, the big place that they have, it's, it's 20 plus miles, is a pet, like... Oftentimes now we're parking in the barbecue lot. Yeah, there you go. Going to ride and then ending our ride ending in, at, in his lot, and right. he is all for it. Yeah, I was gonna say he's not a, he's not up to kick you out of his parking lot <laughs> no, anytime soon. Not at all, because he knows. Yeah, he has. He <laughs> yeah. usually has to kick. Yeah, us the out. bankroll is uh, <laughs> is associated with all those cars. <laughs> yeah. So, so so give me your spot. All right. So so listeners are from all over New England. Hopefully, right. This is this is a broader than just our neighborhood podcast. So for listeners out there, if you're looking to come to Southern New Hampshire and ride, where are you pointing them towards Matt? Um, you, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a great question because we have so many different places. Um, you know, Chris, who does our novice ride every week and he, he's, he's doing two of them now cause it's just so busy. Um, they start at mines falls uh, every week and right in Nashua, right in Nashua. Yeah. So huge. Population. We're talking like the, the heart of Nashua. Yes. Yeah. You can pedal out of, you know, town hall, right. Or city hall and, and be in the trail system and in a minute. Right. And you know, there's even, so the funny thing about Nashua is they, they have this company like Velo bike, I think it's called. And they do like these bikes that just sit on the side of the road 
and you can go like you know with an app you can check them out and oh like a bicycle a share so, yeah it's like a bicycle share but sure. it's but it's you know they're all owned by this velo bike company are they mountain bikes or no, are they just, just like cruiser bikes they're like just cruiser mean, bikes yeah okay but but Nashua is adapting adopting bicycles into their public transportation system. Exactly. Yeah, they're becoming a bike town, which is great. Yeah, and they have a basket in the front, and they're 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 actually like you know pretty pretty capable hybrids. Cool. Um, but they you you take them to where you need them to go, and then you just leave them, and they're all GPS, so they all have you know the the GPS device on them, so they can find them. But I've gone to the ride at Mines Falls. There's 30 of these things in Mines Falls, <laughs> like in all the entrances. Oh, people really? will go and they'll start, you know, in the center of Nashua and they'll pedal through and get out to like one of the, one of the exits out of Mines Falls and they'll just leave the bike there, you know, check it out Yep. and, you know, walk the rest of the way or w- whatever, you know, or, or if they're going to the center of Nashua, you know, they'll be like at the, at the bar that's right on Mines Falls, like at the, at the, you know, eatery that's right there. It's, it's unbelievable how, how many people use this place, but you can take a hybrid bike there or you can take a mountain bike there and really learn how to ride. There's some really technical trails that I don't think oh, these velo cool. bikes are on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hope not. But, but you know, a mountain biker can go there and actually, like, you know, I ride there, have a blast. Yeah, cool. It's, it's just a fun place to ride. So as a seasoned rider, you can still have, can still have a, a ton of fun. At Mines Falls. But a great place for a beginner. Awesome place for a beginner. Yeah, it cool. is a I I cut my teeth there. Yeah. You know, years ago. Sure. You know. Um, cause I grew up in Nashua, but you know, if you're coming and you're looking for, for technical trail, um, you know, you, you can go to a place, there's a, there's a bunch of new trail systems popping up and tech is just kind of a, a, a thing that people are looking for now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this place in Merrimack called greater woods, it's, uh, it's got some tech, it's got some climbs, mm-hmm. it's got some, you know, rock gardens it's got the rudy rocky new england trail yeah yeah you know it's it's got all that stuff um centipede and millipede those trails exactly techie corners you know you're climbing on rock right um you know switching back on top of yourself it feels like sort of that classic new england experience yep some some exposure yeah some you know your front wheels hanging off and you're looking off a 30 foot drop there's there's some of that out there and you know there there's a few trails outside of um you know outside of southern new hampshire that that rival that trail in you know in terms of rock like you know like harold parker Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but if you know if you want something that's rocky like that fort rock you know fort rock out sure out in uh, exeter yeah um there's some there's some definitely technical rock riding some cool log rides and some features in there as well right yeah for sure yeah nice so uh all right let's talk a little bit more about nimba here so so you were telling me actually before the podcast that each chapter or excuse me each state has its own vice president which is cool so you're the vice president of new hampshire and then there's a vice president for Connecticut, right? Yes. A vice president for Maine. Yes. And then Philip is the president of NIMBA, right? So uh, Philip's the executive director. Okay. All right. All so, right. So he's the only person... Um, on the payroll? On the payroll, I guess, of, of the New England Mountain Bike Association. And, uh, you know, uh, he... he, he <laughs> He's a he's a fantastic guy. He's been in the sport for so long. He's just a wealth of knowledge. When when you know some people and and crazy, but some people think that I know a lot about mountain biking, and they they, <laughs> they call me to ask me questions about stuff, and I'm like, you call Philip? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I have no idea. I gotta call Philip. <laughs> <laughs> there's always another guy. Yeah, there's always a guy that knows more, and, right? And he knows so much more about the sport and about the history than I do. People will be like, well, so when did this start? And I'm like, I have no idea. So is he part of the founding members of NIMBA or did he come after NIMBA was founded? He, I, he came in after, but not long after. Okay. Um, he was always, uh, he's always been kind of in the picture. Yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's done so much for the sport and, you know, 
I, I can list the, you know, a, you know, countless amount of things that he's done, but, but I'm sure I don't know all that he's done. He's, he's just one of those people that, you know, when, when people think of like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta figure out what the pulse of mountain biking is on, on that topic. A lot of people just call Philip. Yeah. Because he knows. He's and a resource. Yeah. He, he just, he's an encyclopedia of, you know, mountain bike history and happenings. And, um, you know, just, just one of those guys that like, I know I can call and, and you know, that's what makes Nemba great because we have 27, we currently have 27 chapters right? and like, I may be the president of my chapter and, you know, other, other presidents, uh, you know, they, they know certain things about their chapter. They have knowledge, but when we need, when we need a question answered or when somebody comes to us about, uh, a XYZ topic, we can call Philip. Yeah. And if Philip doesn't know, he's going to find the answer and he's going to get back to us. And I think that's one of the You know things. why? Because he has a guy. He's got a guy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, and that's one of the things that makes Nemba a powerful tool. And it, it makes, you know, it makes us stronger because we have just this, this web of resources. Mm. Um, and, you know, when, when a landowner says, hey, what can you tell me about this? And and w- what can we do if, if X, Y, Z happens? We've probably had it happen. So we can get that answer for a landowner. And it really makes a landowner comfortable with having us be the land steward for them. Yeah, that's cool. So y- you've kind of got a bottom-up, top-down type of approach here so that you can go from both angles. So you have the local landowner who has no idea, who wants to start building a trail system there's a local NIMBA chapter, and then you've got the landowner who has an established trail system that has one of these like weird reroutes that needs to get done because one of the trails completely washed out, and there's you know boulders from you know the last two millennia ago from the ice age that are now starting to expose, and they can call, and you guys can roll that all the way up to the top level with Philip and say, "You've experienced this before." We need a little help in this local area, and you've got it there, right? You've got all those resources to apply. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, even if it's something more drastic, where you know there's a there's a sensitive species, or you sure. know, somebody finds something, and we're like, well, you know, who do we know? And every once in a while, Philip will be like, well, one of our members is a you know a biologist in that field right let me give them a call and have them call you and then you put that person with the state and they're like whoa that this number thing really you know they really have some reach right right it's uh it's it's pretty cool when when you get that type of uh support from you know from mother Nemba. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about some of the partnerships that Nimba has, because I know like you guys have a great partnership that a longstanding partnership with Kona, which I'm kind of a Kona fanboy myself, but you guys do a Kona ride series every year. There's other partners that you guys have. I mean, Nimba, you throw the huge, one of the biggest mountain bike festivals on the East coast, which kind of came out of Pedro's fest a little bit. If I'm, if I remember correctly, for sure, which is Nimba fest now, um, which if listeners, you have not heard of Nimba Fest yet, either you don't live in New England or you live under a rock because <laughs> it happens at Kingdom Trails. It's a huge event um, and it's only grown over the past several years. Um, but then you also have partners that are government officials. And, and so tell us a little bit like who all are you guys working with? Yeah. So like you said, Kona has been, you know, one of our one of our big partners for years for the, the, uh, MBAS, which is the mountain bike, um, series that, that NEMBA does. And, uh, they, they, they roam around there. Every chapter has the opportunity to have an MBAS ride. And, uh, Southern New Hampshire does theirs at Bearbrook state park, which actually, you know, you, you probably remember NEMBA fest used to be there, used to be at, Bearbrook. I remember having a, a, a tent there. Yeah, right when you were at EMS. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, we were a vendor. Yeah, so then we moved it up to, to Kingdom Trails. And, uh, you know, 
over 8,000 people now. It's crazy. I mean, it, it is bonkers how big it has become. And what's funny is some of my friends for years, uh, you know, we've been doing it there for years now. And some of my friends are like, well, I'm not going Numberfest weekend because there's just too many people there. And then they actually, you know, gone mm-hmm. to Numberfest. And mm-hmm. they're like, it doesn't feel crowded. Because... Why is that? Because the trail system is so... Yeah, 100 plus miles. Right. 100 plus miles. And, you know, now up at Kingdom, there's East Haven. Right. There's Victory. So some people day trip out, you know, local to, to Kingdom, but they, they're they not on the trail network on one of the Nebfest days. Right. Because they're going out to some of the satellite places. And, you know, it's it's amazing up there if you haven't been. It's it's a you're you're not you're not taking advantage of a resource that we have because that place is just amazing. So so let's talk about NimbaFest a little bit because I think there's a couple of things that are interesting here because NimbaFest takes place in Vermont where there's not an actual Nimba chapter, yeah. right? Um, and everybody knows things like Crankworks. Everybody knows Outer Bike. There's other mountain bike festival events the sedona mountain bike fest i mean there are other major mountain bike festivals that are happening but eight thousand people at one mountain bike festival i mean the atmosphere has got to be just absolutely beyond electric i mean i couldn't imagine hanging out with eight thousand of my closest friends that i never knew were friends of mine right yeah yeah the the i mean the the cool thing is and and it's almost it's almost a good and bad thing at this point but we have to like close down vendor registration at a certain point. Um, there's there's bands that are like lining up that want to play <laughs> at Numberfest, and we're like, well, we kind of we're we're kind of good. Sorry, you know? Metallica. <laughs> Sorry, you can't fit the bill this time. <laughs> but like, when you have to say no to like the the big the big guys, right? Like, it, you know, big guys is in like bike vendors, yeah. Oh yeah, man, we, that's could, tough. They've they've come late to the game, and we're right. like, ah, we're, it's full, right? You know, so it, that because the, the 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 pavilion area is is only so big, you can only you can only fit so many vendors in, and like you know, some people set up like some of the people that are like the, the real big vendors, like REI, they set up this huge area, but it's really it's like an awesome area and it had like now that's known as part of nemba fest yeah. is the is the rei area in the stage area and then the food vendors that are there because people people camp people camp the whole time right and the camping it's a three-day is, festival we should say that right yeah. i mean like yep um so yeah it sets up on sets up on thursday everybody kind of shows up on friday saturday sunday and it's right at the wildflower inn which if you haven't stayed there it's an amazing place, absolutely but, gorgeous yeah. place and like you know bar i mean i mean just like Everything that you want in mountain biking, everything that a mountain biker wants is there right. on that weekend. And it's just like the camping is, you know, there's there's camping, there's glamping, mm. there's family camping that's on a, like a quiet area. There's like uh, RV parking type areas. I mean, it, it, if you're interested in that stuff, it's there for you. So there's a whole family camping area here. So our... our because that's one of the things that fortunately is starting to grow in the mountain bike world is not only families being active in the sport, but a lot of kids. And I mean, I'm a huge advocate for getting kids on bikes. I have I have three kids myself, and you know my little guy Augie. I mean, I've got him on a balance bike already, and he's ripping it up. So speaking of my kids, they're poking their head in. Hi guys. Hi. <laughs> Augie, you want to say hi? No. <laughs> he just woke up from his nap. So. Tons of tons of families. Yes. Tons of kids. Tons of kids. So, in the in the field below the wildflower, in uh, the pavilion sets up, and you know over next to it, there's this huge camping area. But a couple years ago, they they built this pump track, and it was kind of one of those things where, hey, we're gonna do it, and we'll see how it goes. And now it's like a thing. Like yeah. it, they had professionals come in and build this pump track. And there is just a line of kids just raring to go on this pump track. And the thing is just lighting up all day long, every day of NembaFest. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, because that's really what we want to see is is ultimately growth of the sport, yeah. the the sustainability of the sport, right? And I think, like, 
that's what you guys are all about. That's what Nimba is all about is growing the sport and making sure that it grows in a positive and, uh, authentic nature. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The, the, um, you know, so the, so the biggest population booms in the sport of mountain biking are, are being, you know, supported by Nimba. Uh, and recently the, the growth in, in women's mountain biking and, Nemba supporting this uh, women's movement in the mountain biking industry is is just blowing up. So this year and and last year they did this women's summit, and uh, that was held at at Kingdom Trails as well. There was you know hundreds of people that showed up for this summit, and it was it was all women in the sport of mountain biking, and uh, it it sort of started with the the family rides and. Uh, blew up into this full women's summit and uh it's not only women that that go to the summit but uh it's it's all women riders and uh just it just sort of blew up cool so it sounds like you guys are doing a ton of different things to try and get more and more people involved in the sport getting the ladies involved in the sport getting kids involved in the sport because I mean, that's the only way that we're going to grow this thing. That's the only way that we're going to continue to have our sport is by just making sure that everybody is included in it. Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, you know, the the bike companies have always made, you know, kids bikes. Right. Um, but, you know, we're seeing these bike companies like Giant has a whole live arm. And, you know, uh, Santa Cruz is having the, the Juliana arm. Right. Like. Now there's women's specific bikes. Right. And, you know, for a while. And it's not just all about the race anymore either. It's about getting out there and riding. Just ride. Yeah. Just having a ride. Exactly. And, and you know, Nemba, like, you know, I'm sure other uh, other uh, advocacy organizations were, were having the same issue where you, you would have these beginner rides thinking that everybody would show up. But a lot of the women were looking for like a women's specific ride. Right. And we, we missed the mark for years on that. But once we started doing it, we were like, whoa, that's our biggest ride. Why, why didn't this light bulb go off before? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, it, it was, it was uh, you know, it was finding the person that wanted to lead that woman's ride. Right. You know? It, it, yeah. Well, and I think for guys, I mean, we always take it for granted, right? It's like, yeah, we, we'd welcome women on our rides no matter what. But they don't want to ride with us. Exactly. Like, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. They don't want to. They, they spend enough time with us already. They don't want to spend all their time with us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we stink. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, and I think that there's a whole bunch of, you know, the 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 few, you know, ladies that I, over the course of my time in, in doing, and I've been doing beginner rides for a long time, um, which is how you and I, obviously, like we talked about, got started together. But, you know, I, I had a, a, a lady join our, our beginner group ride when I was living down on the Mid-Atlantic, and she had just gotten over a divorce and was like, this was her new thing. She wanted to try mountain biking for the first time, and it was going to be her way back to a healthy mind and a healthy body. And it was like, that's awesome. It's super cool. And she didn't mind going on the dude ride, um, but she made the comment like, I'm so intimidated to go riding with any group ride because it's not a group of ladies in a support structure that they already know and that they're already comfortable with and that they can feel okay saying I, I don't feel good right now, or this is too hard for me. They they feel like they need to push themselves to go even further and even harder, and, and that's intimidating. And it was really helpful for me in my early days of leading beginner group rides to say, let's go at your pace, let's go at your level, let's do what you want to do. And I think, fortunately, the bike industry has kind of caught on that whole no, we need to have some really strong ladies in the sport that are comfortable going backwards and saying, come on, come for a ride with me. This is a good time. It's not all about a dude fest and it's not all about outdoing one another and you know who can ride fastest or who can clear this obstacle. It's like, no, we're going to help you. We're going to take the time to make sure that you feel comfortable doing this ride and showing you and making you even more comfortable to progress into that point where there's women now that I'll go out and ride with and I'm like, holy smokes, you are crushing it. Yep. You are crushing it. There's no way I'm going to match your speed this whole entire ride. Have fun. I'll see you for a beer at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, that's well, awesome. Yeah. That's that, super definitely. cool that's how we've gotten. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the one of the things that for, for our chapter, you know, we, we started this ladies' ride and um, it, it just blew up and 
it's it's now morphed. There's like the the ladies ride and the uh, intramural ride. You know. The, oh yeah, the, cool. Yeah. yeah. So so like you know the in the same ride leader. So it's great, and you know it's morphed into a family ride too. Like some of the people are you know bringing their families. That's awesome. So it's it's just it it blew up. We're doing you know, our chapter is doing almost a ride a week, almost a a group ride a week yeah, uh, every day of the week so yeah, cool. it, it's like it's it's crazy and we're you know we're doing multiple rides on the weekends it's uh you know it's awesome it's yeah. it's great to see and uh, the population supports it you know that there's now enough mountain bikers that you can have a ride a day yeah and uh it's it's fun you that's know? great yeah look how far we've come matt yeah it's uh <laughs> what do we do one ride a week when when you and I started and uh, we would now, have five people, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you know, yeah. sometimes it would. So, you know what? Every once in a while, when nobody would show up, it would just be me and Ben, and it'd be like, "Hey, this is cool too." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we still got to ride our bikes. Yo, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. So we yeah. were still having a good time. Yeah. So cool. Well, anything else that you want to kind of help, uh, you know, share with the listeners here, get across as far as Nimbo, you got some big uh, objectives here that you want to make sure that you, you know, that you plug here, get your, get your Nimbo membership. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, your, your membership is appreciated always. Um, and what but- does a membership go towards? I mean, kind of maybe, maybe that's a, a big hurdle for some people is like, well, it's 35 bucks to be a member of Nimbo, right? Yeah, of for, your local chapter for an individual membership annually thirty five dollars, and it's not much. Yeah, it's uh, skip a couple six packs. <laughs> yeah, um, so you know what? One of the one of the the big things is some of the money goes to Mother Nimba, you know, and that's for the the advocacy and okay. the the single track magazine and all of the sure you yeah know, the, the the big stuff keeping the brand alive. But the majority of that money goes back to your chapter. And your chapter can then purchase tools. Perfect. Okay. Um, you yep. know, uh, d- do one of these fundraisers um, or buy pizza for the chapter meeting. Yeah. You know, w- whatever it may be. Um, well, morning- like Nick, who is the VP of the trail system behind my house, shows up this morning with Dunkin' Donuts. Yep. Coffee and donuts for everybody. That we all kind of had a little social gathering and kind of learned what we were going to be doing for the day. So I know that the membership fees are partly paying for those donuts, but at the same time paying for the fire rake that I have in my hand. Yeah, and the lumber for the bridge, the bridges yep. that we installed. Yep, and you know the 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 gas for the tractor that helped haul that gravel. Right. You know, it's just there it are all adds up at some point. Yeah, there there are a lot of things and and. Um, I guess you know one, one of the things that I will uh, talk about and would love to see is is more people showing up to trail days. I know some people just their thirty five dollars supports Nemba and we'll never see them at a trail day. And I get that people are busy, family stuff, all that stuff. But if you can make a trail day, you'll see how hard these people work and. Typically for for our chapter, I mean our chapter's a big chapter, but it's the same 10 15 people that come to every single trail day. Right. If you can see the amount of work that they can get accomplished in 3 4 hours, you would be astonished at, you know, the, you know, it's it's the loyal volunteers that, that put out a lot of work, but even even a, if a volunteer shows up one time, they can make a huge impact and you know, if we finish a section of trail or lay a bridge in every single time that you ride that section of trail yep. or ride over that bridge, you're going to think I did this Yep, and that's cool. But you know, if you don't show up to a trail day, but you are still a member, every bridge that you ride over, you can think you contributed to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you said that. Cause I was going to say something similar. Cause, cause it is, there is a sense of pride and ownership and you are psyched. It doesn't matter what kind of trail section it is that you helped work on. It is the best section of trail because you worked on it. And there's just something about that. I mean, there's something like 
you can go to other places and ride other places and have a further deeper appreciation of the work that went into making that place as fun as it is and and why it's putting a smile on your face if you've taken the time to pour a little bit of sweat out into your own trail system. And I guess that that's like for me that's one of the things that I love the most about the trails behind my house is that I don't I don't ride them all the time, but when I do, man they're the best trails I've ever ridden. Yeah. Cuz they're my trails and yeah. I help build them. And that's awesome. Yeah. feels so good. Totally. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a couple teeter-totters that I built in, uh, you know, in the chapter. And, like, you, you know, I'll ride up on it and I can, like, you know, know exactly when it's going to start tipping down <laughs> and know if where I can sky off the thing. And I'm like, yeah, I know that because... I built it. I built it. <laughs> People All are like, right. So I haven't built any teeter-totters, but I mean, I've shaped some dirt. <laughs> but people are like, wow, how do you know when to leave that thing? And I'm like, yeah, I practiced on it in my yard where I built it. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, well, Matt, I really appreciate you joining me today. Thank you so much for contributing to New England Dirt. Thank you so much for contributing to New England Dirt. <laughs> And our mountain bike community that we have around here. Um, and if you get the chance, listener, if you're in New England and you have a couple of hours to spend, come up to southern New Hampshire and get yourself on one of the Maddie Karen trails. You will never regret it whatsoever. I would say go to Horse Hill. Horse Hill is a blast. The up before you, and I don't even remember what the trail name is, but the trail that you built, that's the new up to get up to at the top where you access like the cliff trails and Twister and everything. Yeah, Bloody Hill Bypass. Yes. Amazing. Amazing trail. One of my, and I hate climbing. I'm a big dude. I hate climbing and I love to climb that trail. Yeah, that that climb feels like the down, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. And... Don't you want every climb to feel like the yep. down? I mean, that's the unicorn in the room, yeah, if right? I, if I could do that every time, I would. <laughs> Again, Matt, thank you for joining me. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, I believe, I'm hoping that Ben has set this up, but we are uh, now accepting emails at nedirt at mountainbikeradio.com. That's the letter N, the letter E, the word dirt at mountainbikeradio.com. Please send me an email. Let me know if there's anything that you want me to talk about. If you have any questions, feedback, anything that you have, listener, I'd love to hear it. Again, this is a podcast for you. We're telling the ins and outs of riding bicycles on dirt in New England, and we want to do this for you. So if there's anything that you want to say or contribute, we'd love to have it. And uh, yeah, we'll check you the next time for uh, episode three with uh, Green Woodlands. I'll be uh, talking with Jared up there, who's Building a uh, pretty new and exciting... Matt, have you ridden Green Woodlands yet? Not yet. Well, it is an exciting new project. Uh, tune in for episode three, Matt, because you'll hear, you'll hear all about it. Nice. And then you're going to want to go ride it. <laughs> um, so again, listeners, thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>